Loving Father in heaven, please send forth upon us your Holy Spirit and fellowship with us today. We ask, Father, because as we live in this world of sin, we know that without you, there is no way we can continue to fulfill the mission and purpose that you have committed to us. The times are harder. It is more difficult for us to even live a holy life. But we know that in the time of our necessity, it is a time for your opportunity. And this devotion, we pray, will be a season of opportunity for you to dwell in our hearts, for you to strengthen us, for you to bless us, for you to edify us. Therefore, we pray. Put your words in my mouth and help me, Lord, to speak words that will do everything that I have just said now in edification and strengthening for our spiritual life that we may have grace and power to live for you and to represent you on this earth. And help us, Lord, that these lessons we are learning shall work to build us up in the image of Jesus. Amen. Conflict and Courage, May 9 A Sure Crop My Son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 10 Samson, in his peril, had the same source of strength as had Joseph. He could choose the right or the wrong as he pleased. But instead of taking hold of the strength of God, he permitted the wild passions of his nature to have full sway. The reasoning powers were perverted the morals corrupted. God had called Samson to a position of great responsibility, honor, and usefulness. But he must first learn to govern by first learning to obey the laws of God. Joseph was a free moral agent. Good and evil were before him. He could choose the path of purity, holiness, and honor, or the path of immorality and degradation. He chose the right way and God approved. Samson, under similar temptations, which he had brought upon himself, gave loose rein to passion. The path which he entered upon he found to end in shame, disaster, and death. What a contrast to the history of Joseph. The Lord has, in his word, plainly instructed his people not to unite themselves with those who have not his love and fear before them. Such companions will seldom be satisfied with the love and respect which are justly theirs. They will constantly seek to gain from the God-fearing wife or husband some favor which shall involve a disregard of the divine requirements to a godly man and to the church with which he is connected. A worldly wife or a worldly friend is a spy in the camp who will watch every opportunity to betray the servant of Christ and expose him to the enemy's attacks. The history of Samson conveys a lesson for those whose characters are yet unformed, who have not yet entered upon the stage of active life. The youth who enter our schools and colleges will find there every class of mind. If they desire sport and folly, 
if they seek to shun the good and unite with the evil, they have the opportunity. Sin and righteousness are before them, and they are to choose for themselves. But let them remember that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is A Sure Crop. Still looking at lessons that we learn from the life of Samson. Today we are comparing his life with that of Joseph. They were in similar conditions, Samson and Joseph. Before Joseph was a lure, he didn't even go to seek the temptation himself. He was lured. Day by day, we are told, the wife of his master Potiphar was begging him, pleading with him, lie with me lie with me but joseph like we saw like we talked about yesterday joseph would not agree to lie with potiphar's wife and like we saw the reason was he had the lord ever before him and for us today as we compare both the life of joseph and that of to that of samson we can also learn that the choice is ours when we come to the crossroads two decisions before us either to go right and do the commandments of God or to go to another direction contrary to God's will. That is a time when we must pause to think of our eternal destiny and what those actions are going to lead us to. The Lord sets before us life and death every day and we make our choices. Every, every step we take, every choice we make is bringing us closer to life or closer to death. In the case of Samson, and the case of Joseph, before them was the seductress, the enchantress, the one who wanted to consume them. One fell, but one stood. What was the difference? Personal choice. What was it that was going on in the mind of Joseph? We heard it. He said that the goodness of God was too much for him to, bet to betray God. Did Samson taste of the goodness of the Lord also? Yes, verily. Even when he had sinned against the Lord over and over again, the Lord was protecting him. There are some who the protection of the Lord leads them to greater ruin, while there are others who the goodness and protection of the Lord leads them to consider their lives and say, I must, like Joseph, say, how will I sin against God? Let us learn to take the, 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 the decision that Joseph made. Let us have the Lord ever before us and make that decision. What must we, must we understand? Joseph understood that the, the, the temptation before him was not enjoyment. In the time when he was, at that moment, it looked like he would be enjoying himself, but he could see the end and understand that it's only shame that is waiting for him if he continues in that direction. We also should understand to help ourselves as we were talking about bad habits yesterday. Something else we can help ourselves with is to think of the future. Forethought is better than afterthought. Think and say, this thing is not going to help me. It is going to consume me. It is going to destroy me, to bring to me shame. Let me do my best now to overcome it. We are told in Proverbs 29 verse 3, specifically for the sin and temptation that came to Samson and Joseph, which is the sexual sin. Proverbs 29 verse 3 tells us, Whoso loveth wisdom, rejoiceth his father. But he that keepeth company with harlots, spendeth his substance. You see, in this statement, it is full of meaning, pregnant with meaning, and not just one child, but many ways. It says, he that keepeth company with harlots spendeth his substance. What substance is it that he is spending? One, he is spending his time, 
time is substance too. Time is being wasted. What other substance is he spending? His money, his resources that should have been used for better things is now spent on harlots. But even greater than this, the Bible tells us that if we make ourselves one with the harlots, we are not the dwelling of the Spirit of God anymore. That is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, reading from verse 18. He says what? Know ye not that he that lieth with the harlot maketh himself one with the harlot? So we must understand these things. Spending the substance. Some people do not even understand that in sexual sin itself, the continual exercise of this sin can lead us into a destruction of our whole vitality and system. Continually engaging, whether it is in pornography or sexual sin generally with harlots. What happens to a man? Or a woman who continually engages in this thing it is depleting your life forces you are spending your substance and eventually samson what happens to him the mighty man of valor was brought down to a piece of bread like the bible already said proverbs 6 verse 23 tells us down down to 29 for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep thee from the evil woman and you can apply that to that yourself even the ladies to keep thee from the evil man from the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman lost not after her beauty in thine heart neither let her take thee with her eyelids for by means of a whorish woman a man is brought to a piece of bread and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her, shall not be innocent. And that was the case for Samson. Samson was brought down to a piece of bread. The man who was valiant fighting for the Lord was brought down to a piece of bread. Many men of God and even members of the church have lost their power. They have lost it. They are not able to exercise faith again with the Lord because they have engaged in one sin or the other. Some have even gone as far as they, like David did, to go into killing people just because of the sin that they have committed. What do I mean? It goes as far as abortion. But you who have not done abortion, do not look at yourself as if you are any better than those who have gone that far. Just because your case did not get to that level, doesn't mean you are any different. You never know the kind of things you can do when you are put in a crisis and in a terrible situation. So do not judge in your mind and say to yourself, I have never done abortion. What makes you any different? Even if you are cherishing sin in your mind, the sexual sin, you are no different from one who has gone as far as doing abortion. It is still the same thing. Sexual sin leading to the killing and some people take drugs. What's the difference? What's the difference? Take drugs to avoid getting pregnant. There's no difference. It is still the same thing. So humble yourself and don't look at yourself as if we are better than them. We all, everyone needs to be careful. As far as you have engaged in these things before, whether it's in the form of pornography, it's just to steal a way of escaping the same thing that you would have gotten into. And I tell you, you never know what you would do were you to be put in such situation. You can be brought down to a piece of bread through sexual sin. Like I was saying, we have heard good number of times men who have lost their spiritual power they cannot preach anymore they cannot do the work of god anymore not that the lord has departed from them but they have departed from the lord some of them cannot even exercise faith again to believe that they are forgiven 
Some of them indeed, because of their separation from the Lord, cannot even study the word of God anymore. They cannot understand it because of engaging in sexual sin. They have been brought down to a piece of bread. And that's why we are warned today that whatever we sow is what we will reap. Therefore, we should be careful. We are not to make friendship with the ungodly. We saw in Conflict and Courage, page 135, paragraph 3, the Lord has in his word plainly instructed his people not to unite themselves with those who have not his love and fear before them. Such companions will seldom be satisfied with the love and respect which are justly theirs. They will constantly seek to gain from the God-fearing wife or husband some favor which shall involve a disregard of the divine requirements. To a godly man and to the church with which he is connected, a worldly wife or a worldly friend is as a spy in the camp who will watch every opportunity to betray the servant of Christ and expose him to the enemy's attacks." End of quote. Many pastors have been brought down and men of God, members of the church, because of the friends that they chose to keep. And we wish that things like this will not be the case and we, uh, we need to ensure that we are praying for ourselves. Like I said, do not look at others as do. I can never come to this position. It's because some of us may have never been tempted. So. We do not even understand what we are talking about here. So what we need to do is to take the steps to to avoid getting into that position. And one of the steps is do not make friends with the ungodly. Like in the case we just read now, even a wife, an ungodly wife or an ungodly husband. And by the way, this thing when we say ungodly, ungodly, some people do not understand how to judge what is ungodly. Do you see any man or lady who looks also righteous going to church and all, but yet you can see within them that when you teach them the word of God, yet they are not willing to fall into that's an ungodly person ungodliness doesn't have to do with just dressing like the world as in dressing like a harlot or something or maybe people who are painting themselves like you feel like oh this person looks like jezebel and all of that or that the person is um uh engaging in sexual sin they say oh this is an ungodly person no that's not all ungodly is about ungodly simply means even that man whose business is a shady one it simply means anybody who is going against the word of God willfully. They know very well that the word of God says this is what I should do, but yet they will not do it. They will still tell lies. They will still falsify documents. They will still break the Sabbath. They will still turn away from, they will still continue to do things that are not in harmony with God's will, like engaging in the lustful pleasures, not just in the sins of the flesh, uh, of, uh, like adultery, but also in the pleasures of this world. That one who will still watch those movies, who will still go to the cinemas to look at the filth coming out of there, who enjoys looking at the violence and the movies. All that is that ungodly person. And they may look ever so calm, ever so nice, ever so civilized, but that is the ungodly person before you. And be careful not to think that they are the ones who you should make your friends. Avoid them. That's what we are told. Pass not by them. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4, we are giving clear warnings on why we should stay away from the ungodly because indeed whatever we sow, we will reap. Proverbs 4 reading from verse 14 says, Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. That's what we are told. And the evil men, like I said, some of, some of us, we really want to avoid them but we don't know how to identify them. We look at the movies and feel like everything there is good. And I'll keep mentioning it. Those are the ungodly men you are seeing there. Those are the ungodly women. They are there in the movies for you. 
avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. Psalms chapter 101 is like principles for doing right. Psalm 101 is a psalm that if we follow the principles in in that psalm, we would be in a very right standing with the Lord. It says, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when will thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. This is supposed to be our own motto and our principle. I will not allow anybody that tells lies to tarry in my sight. Anybody that slanders his neighbor, he will not cleave to me. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Just go through Psalm 101 and ask yourself, do I follow these principles? Do I set wicked things before my eyes? Do I have friends who are forward in their heart? Do I know a wicked person? By the way, when you talk of a wicked person, do you know that the book of Leviticus 20 verse 17, Leviticus 20 verse 17 says to us, if a man, a brother sees, takes his sister and sees her nakedness and the sister sees his nakedness, it is a wicked thing. Do you know that the Bible says that? The standard for we, by which we live today is so low we go around seeing each other's nakedness and when we say nakedness it doesn't mean stark naked looking at the private part of another person i mean the exposure of the body the laps the body the cleavage and all of that even in the men the chest is that not nakedness that is the wicked thing that's what the bible says i'm not the one who is saying it leviticus 20 verse 17 talks about seeing it if you see the nakedness if you expose your nakedness to someone that is a wicked thing and this is the principle if we follow this principle there is no how you will not be like Joseph, overcoming, because you are going to be making the right friends, having the right principles before you. One thing that we read in this issue of Samson is concerning the young. We are told in Conflicts and Courage, page 135, paragraph 4, the history of Samson conveys a lesson for those whose characters are yet unformed, who have not yet entered upon the stage of active life. The youth who enter our schools and colleges will find will find there every class of mind. If they desire sport and folly, if they seek to shun the good and unite to the evil, they have the opportunity. Sin and righteousness are before them and they are to choose for themselves. But let them remember that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. End of quote. This just tells us the effect of a seed. Because sowing is just a small seed you put into the, into the ground and that small seed grows into a big tree. Whatever we sow, we will reap. And as young people or older people, whichever one, but directly to the young people, when you are living at a time when your character is not yet formed, are you a teenager? Are you, in your, you, are you a young adult? Your character is forming. Some are about to completely form. Now is a time when we should really consider where we are going. Reading from the Corporate Evangelist, page 43, paragraph 3, we are told one act does not determine the character, but it breaks down the barrier. 
the barrier and the next temptation is more readily entertained until finally a habit of prevarication and dishonesty in business is formed and the man cannot be trusted end of quote so if it is in business it's the same thing everywhere is the same thing one act doesn't define your character but what it does is that it breaks down the barrier and one thing about us is that we easily learn bad habits than good habits and these habits we learn eventually will determine our destiny and that's why we should be careful what habits we are forming and every habit is formed by acts made up continually repeating an act forms a habit for us if we continually resist evil we will have good habits if we continually fall into temptation then bad habits are formed it is left with us to make our choice as young people it takes time for us like we saw yesterday and i would still read that again today it takes time for us to come into a good habit or a bad habit no character is formed immediately whether good or bad amazing grace page 224 reading paragraph 2 of it it says the mind of a man or a woman does not come down in a moment from purity and holiness to depravity corruption and crime it takes time to transform the human to the divine or to degrade those formed in the image of God to the brutal or the satanic. By beholding, we become changed. Though formed in the image of his maker, man can so educate his mind that sin which he once loathed will become pleasant to him. As he ceases to watch and pray, he ceases to guard the citadel of the heart. Constant war against the carnal mind must be maintained. And we must be aided by the refining influence of the grace of God, which will attract the mind upward and habituate it to meditate upon pure and holy things. End of quote. So here is being is given to us information and solution. We must know that it takes time to form good habits and bad habits, but we must continually watch and pray and guard the citadel of our heart, continue to wage a war against the carnal mind then we can refine ourselves and form right characters for ourselves. As we talk about the young people, I'm reminded of what it means for us to really behold Christ. Beholding Christ, like we talked of yesterday, still has to do with fighting battles against self. Reading from Bible Commentary, Volume 6, page 1098, paragraph 2. It says, Beholding Christ for the purpose of becoming like Him, the seeker after truth sees the perfection of the principles of God's law and he becomes dissatisfied with everything but perfection. Hiding his life in the life of Christ, he sees that the holiness of the divine law is revealed in the character of Christ and more and more earnestly he strives to be like him. A warfare may be expected at any time for the tempter sees that he is losing one of his subjects. A battle must be fought with the attributes which Satan has been strengthening for his own use. The human agent sees what he has to contend with, a strange power opposed to the idea of attaining the perfection that Christ holds out. But with Christ, there is saving power that will gain for him victory in the conflict. The Savior will strengthen and help him as he comes pleading for grace and efficiency end of quote so we must be ready for battle all the time we realize in ourselves that there's something trying to work out evil in us but like we have been reading for us we must understand that we have the opportunity 
to form right characters. We have the opportunity and it's left for us to make our choice. God has left it with us. I'm reminded of the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9. It says, To the young, rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou, that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Samson didn't understand that his youth was vanity, he was enjoying himself, but he reaped what he sowed. What he sowed, he reaped later. He sowed to his flesh and he reaped corruption. And that is why we are told in this Ecclesiastes 11 verse 10, Therefore remove from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth is vanity. Why? Remember in verse 9 we have told, Do whatever you like as a young person, but know that God is going to bring everything we do into judgment. With the knowledge that God is going to bring everything into judgment, that is why we should put evil away from our flesh. Whatever we sow, we will reap. We are told, that we should sow to ourselves righteousness. Ecclesiastes 12 also tells us, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. That is when the light of the sun, the moon and the stars will grow dim for you, and the rain clouds will never pass away. Then your arms that have protected you will tremble, and your legs now strong will grow weak. Your teeth will be too few to chew your food, and your eyes too dim to see clearly. Your eyes will be deaf to the noise of the street. You will barely be able to hear the meal as it grinds or music as it plays, but even the song of a bird will wake you from sleep. You will be afraid of high places. Walking will be dangerous, your hair will turn white, you will hardly be able to drag yourself along, and all desire will be gone. We are going to our final resting place, and then there will be mourning in the streets. The silver chain will snap, and the golden lamp will fall and break. The rope at the well will break, and the water jar will be shattered. Our bodies will return to the dust of the earth, and the breath of life will go back to God who gave it to us. Useless, useless, said the preacher. It is all useless. What is useless? Vanity of vanity, said the preacher. All is vanity. If we in our youth think that we are enjoying ourselves in the pleasures that we are following, like Samson was following pleasures, at the end, we will look back at it and realize that we just wasted our lives. That's why we are told, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. And a reminder for us today, think, we ought to think about our lives and the decisions we are making. What are we sowing? Whatever it is, remember that we will also reap. So the Lord is calling us today. Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. The youth is not a time for us to feel like we just want to explore, experiment. 
Whatever you do, the Bible says go ahead, but just know that there is judgment. But since there is judgment, what should we do? Let us live the right life. Let us make the right decisions. Let us behold Christ. Let us, like Joseph, make the right choice for ourselves that we may reap mercy and good things for ourselves. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, some of us have sown to ourselves evil things, but we know that it is not yet over. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we've had now to hear these words so that we can reconsider and remember our Creator in the days of our youth. We pray, Father, please help us to make a change and to follow on to know the Lord. For those who have been making the right decision, I pray, Father, that you would give strength to such ones to continue in that direction. That whatever we, the choices we make, we shall properly consider them and make the choices that will be a blessing to all of us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. <music>